Welcome back, everybody, to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. I'm excited today to welcome a friend of mine, Chase Gardner, who, if you haven't met Chase, he is our teaching pastor at Hope. And we're going to dive into a topic that we're actually exploring in our larger church right now called deconstruction Mm -hmm. and talk about why that's significant and just your journey with that and have an honest conversation about how do we process difficult questions about the Bible, about faith and develop a more solid foundation. So Chase, I'd love for you just to share maybe the the backstory a little bit of where this series came from for yeah. you, like why you think it's significant. And for somebody who's never really thought about deconstruction, like what that even means. Yeah, it's, um, it's just become such a popular term mm-hmm. and also a topic on social media and stuff. So I mean, it's one thing for like a very small subsection of non-Christian population to go through stuff. But, um, you know, like I said in the first sermon, I had firsthand experience of people that were on staff with me at church going through it and eventually walking away from the faith. And it wasn't just one person. It was mm-hmm. multiple ones. And like people that I actually grew up, they were mentors to me. They discipled me and seeing them on Facebook like, oh, you swing all the way here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very common in my own life. And then just in the past, probably three or four years, getting emails from parents and mm-hmm. from at Hope. Hey, my kid's in college or my 30-year-old daughter is asking all these questions and I don't know what's going on. So it just yeah. came to a point where other people on staff were figuring that out too. And we're like, hey, we should probably talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we address like, it's called apologetics, you know, defending the faith. Yeah. But a lot of the deconstruction questions and um, that process a little more nuanced so we mm-hmm. said let's let's just handle it so yeah, yeah let's, not handle it but let's address it yeah let's talk about it let's <laughs> yeah. have an honest conversation about it because it's something a lot of people are going through yeah and so if you could define deconstruction i know we could go back and listen to your sermon but like, yeah what does that actually mean yeah i mean it's a term that means different things for different people mm-hmm. so if you want to get i mean this is not a sermon so i can kind of geek out a little bit but it, it, it comes from postmodern philosophy mm-hmm. Um, and it's really where any, um, there's no such thing as truth. So it's actually a literary theory. So when someone writes a book or writes a letter, no one can discern what the author meant or the truth statements that the author said. That's like where postmodernism started. Well, that filters into all these different things, but basically there is no truth and we can't trust authority, like authoritative intent. So the Bible is of course something that it, so basically any organization that calls itself an authority or any figure that calls itself an authority should be distrusted, um, especially if they claim to have truth. Mm -hmm. So this went for everything. So this goes for politics. It goes for um, just public organizations and institutions, but now especially the church. Mm -hmm. So it's happened. You can see in college across like all these different places, but it's definitely happening in the church more and more. Yeah. So it's just a process. I mean, kind of the the common language is, um, you know, it's a process that mainly Christians go through and they're, they begin to ask questions and entertain doubts about their faith. Um, and the end goal is really um, deconversion. So they walk yeah. away from the faith. That doesn't happen with everyone, mm-hmm. um, but it's really just questioning a lot of the assumptions that we have, yeah. you know, from like 80s, 90s cultural Christianity, basically. Mm-hmm. Which can be a really good thing. To, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. To question some of the assumptions that mm-hmm. maybe Christian culture have given us that is not from the Bible. Right. And you talked about that in your sermon, actually, yeah. that you went through a process of encountering some new questions when you yeah. went to college just about the Bible. And then you heard different kinds of teaching. Yeah. Um, 
that just you wanted to go back to the source and try to make sense mm-hmm. of these questions for yourself. So I'd love to know a little bit more about that process for you. So like, how was your deconstruction questioning time like helpful for you? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I ever went through deconstruction, but I did, like I said earlier, I built my life on this book mm-hmm. and I want to take every single doubt or question seriously. So I'm yeah. never just like, ah, no big deal. The Bible says it, let's believe it. It's yeah. like, well, I want to make sure it says it. Why mm-hmm. should we believe it? So um, I grew up in a great Christian home yeah. and had a great church that was Bible preaching and Bible believing. And I fell in love with this book early. So I actually read it. Mm-hmm. So that's different. I mean, I mean, you'll talk to Bible majors mm-hmm. that haven't really read through the Bible. Yeah. You know? So I think the key is that I, I just love it. And I've, I've read through it, even the hard parts and really been attached to it. But mm-hmm. I remember my senior year in high school reading a Rob Bell book. Mm-hmm. It was Velvet Elvis. I mean... You guys are probably on our age, but Rob, they probably haven't even heard of Rob. Yeah, so yeah. Rob Bell was really big and kind of the emergent. You should just Google emergent, and um, mm-hmm. he was really cool. He had this cool DVD series he for did. youth pastors. So mm-hmm. I bet eighty percent of evangelical youth pastors they're called Numa. I mean, how mm-hmm. cool does that even sound? Yeah, and he, he would put it in, and you didn't have to teach your youth group. And Rob <laughs> Bell would be so cool, and like all these new kids would show up. So I bought some of his books, and some of them were good. But Velvet Elvis, he talks about. Mm. He says that um, a lot of times we've looked at the theology and doctrines of Christianity Mm -hmm. like a brick wall. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of for safety and it keeps bad people out and good people in and it kind of blocks you in. Mm -hmm. And it's this sturdy, rigid thing where if you take one brick, the whole wall falls out. And then he said, instead, we should look at doctrines as like the springs in a trampoline. Mm -hmm. So you can interchange the springs. You can take as many as you want out. It doesn't matter. And you're not boxed in. There's freedom. Mm-hmm. And there's joy. And when I first heard that, I'm like, that's great. And I remember reading this book in my senior year and being like, this is great. And then kind of sharing it with my parents and some friends. And they would give me strange looks. And I'm like, why are they giving me strange looks? And then I started reading some of the books in the, um, what do you call them? The little notes at the bottom. Mm. Yeah, like the uh, table of contents. Yeah, no, like footnotes. the footnotes. Yeah, footnotes. The footnotes. The and uh, so I started picking up those books one of them was called The Desire of the Everlasting Hills. It's a book on John. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, you know, John, the book of John wasn't written by John. It mm-hmm. was written by a Juanin community mm-hmm. 150 years after John ever lived. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? I never, never, I mean, I've heard that, but I thought that was dismissed a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like, surely Rob Bell's not basing it after, because we actually have, like, papyrus of the copy of John from, like, 60 AD, where, mm-hmm. like, John was living and walking mm-hmm. around and the book of John was written. So a lot of those books were more progressive. They leaned towards stuff. Mm. And then I started rethinking a lot of it. And I was like, I mean, my grandfather was a brick mason. So if mm. you take one brick out, the whole wall's not going to fall down, mm. you know? And every brick isn't so like, you know, the gospel, um, the incarnation, creation, those mm. are really important things. But what you believe about the rapture mm-hmm. or God's sovereignty and salvation or the spiritual gifts aren't that important and you can kind of but at the there's same, different perspectives yeah, on what the bible it's teaches not about as those yeah things. doctrine is not as rigid mm-hmm. as rob built so i think that a lot of what i was finding was these progressive teachers were trying to rescue us from something mm-hmm. but and i understand the culture can kind of make you think that but we didn't need rescuing it was mm-hmm. like a healthy no it's good it's been good for 2000 years so they were creating this i don't know red herring or straw man or false mm-hmm. thing and then a lot of what they were saying, what I found was 
in their books had been patently disproved for like mm. 20, 30, 100 years. Mm. And so it was just this new kind of cultural trend. So I went through it and entertained it and bought into it for about a month or two and then started researching was like, this is a sham. Mm. And yet, like there was a guy um, on staff with me at another church, one of my best friends, and he fell for it. Like he just got a few books and started walking down that path and now he's walked away and I'm just like, mm -hmm. So that's kind of my experience with it. Um, it's a little bit different just because, not that I have a lot of knowledge, but I know where to, mm -hmm. like when they say this, I know how to check it. Like, yeah. oh, I have a book on my shelf that talks about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could, or I know a guy who knows about that, so. Yeah, well, when you were in college too, I, there was a time for you where you were really studying the Bible. That yeah. was your major. And yeah. I know that was really important for you growing up and coming to faith in Christ and knowing this is, your source of truth. And so when you encountered questions, it was like, hey, this is actually a chance to go back and understand the source better. Yeah, yeah. It, which, it, similar for me, actually, when I was in college, I went to a non-Christian school and I remember coming into classes on Christianity and my medieval Christianity professor came in first day of class and was yeah. like, nobody in the first century believed Jesus was God. Yeah. That's a bold statement. I was and so, untrue, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I said, I just raised my hand and I was like, have you read Paul in the Bible? Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he believed Jesus was God. Yeah. And that was a guy in the first century. In the first century. And so that first day I got my term paper that I was going to write. I was like, oh, I'm going to write about the divinity of Jesus in the first four centuries yeah. of the church. For me, it became an opportunity to learn about the Bible and, and learn how to communicate about it with people who saw things different. And I'll never forget after going through that process and writing a really good paper and showing how people believed in Jesus as God for the first four centuries yeah. and getting a good grade on the paper. And then the professor said, well, I'm still going to teach the same stuff because yeah. my goal is to help really deconstruct people's yeah. faith. He didn't use that word at the time, but he wasn't a believer. And he's like, you know, you did a good job showing things from your perspective, but I've got 10 other books that Right. Yeah. From a very different perspective. Yeah. And so that what I think it can be confusing sometimes for people when it what comes to God and it comes to the Bible is there's so much stuff there out is. there. Yeah. So I don't know if you have any practical advice about that. Like how do you how do you stay grounded and learn to discern false teaching from true teaching and, and what's gonna help you build a foundation on the Bible yeah. rather than getting led astray? Yeah. Um that's a big topic. It is, but I think probably this generation i mean i'm 38 so below me mm -hmm. you know back in my parents day you turn on the news and you just trusted it mm -hmm. so i'm not i'm not conspiracy i'm not this way i'm not this way i think on all sides of whatever there's kind of a good distrust in us mm -hmm. someone posts something on facebook none of us are it. like Good, you know, like we try to find, is it from a credible source? And if you don't, you should become more <laughs> yeah. discerning. So I think this is just built in with the social media and online generation that we have. Um, but part of what I learned, and it was helpful, like I was, I think I just had some good mentors and some good people that discipled me that really showed me Christianity is based on facts. It mm -hmm. is a religion that stands or falls on the reality of a guy who was raised from the dead or not. And everything stems from that. And you can actually, I mean, Christianity is super, super logical. So mm -hmm. a lot it's of a the... It's a coherent worldview. It like. absolutely is. So mm -hmm. it's not like 
this weird spiritual stuff and then these weird theologies and doctrines. And we just assume that mm -hmm. the second coming of Jesus is like, no, 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 this guy was risen from the grave. We have an accurate copy of his teachings. Mm -hmm. He actually taught this. Are we sure he taught this? Well, yeah, we have 1,200 copies of what he taught. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's actually, I mean, if you look at like the, you know, the, the past 2,000 years, a lot of the the progress in science and mm. philosophy and in mathematics, cartography, whatever you name it, came from the church. It's just mm. after the Middle Ages, it's been kind of anti-intellect um, and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah I, would say, I would say question everything. So mm. I would say question the Bible 100%. Question mm. what your pastor says. Question what your favorite worship leader says during a break in songs, mm -hmm. you know, like, is that good theology? Is it not? Why mm -hmm. is it not? But I would also question the people who are questioning Christianity. Like you said, no one in the first century believed that Jesus was, well, actually question that. Like, yeah. but how do you know that? Mm -hmm. Well, we don't have a record. Well, okay. Then are there records of people? And you find out that Paul did believe it, but he's also quoting hymns or mm -hmm. catechisms in like the book of Colossians and first Corinthians that were pithy little sayings. Like this yeah. is the gospel, like born under Pontius Pilate. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, born of a virgin, killed under Pontius Pilate, risen again to 400. That was actually like a, a memorized little thing yeah. of theology that people have been saying for 30 or 40 years before him, yeah. you know? So, Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah, but you would never know that if you don't, well, let me entertain that question. Mm -hmm. So I, it's completely okay to, when you when you get, you know, a hurdle or someone pushing against Christianity, entertain it. Be like, mm -hmm. okay, what if you're right? Where's the proof? What source? Look at those footnotes. Read those books and try to trace it down. And I mean, we're here if you have any questions too. Yeah, that is, I think, one of the gifts of being a part of a community. Is yeah. We, that's part of why God's given us leaders is to shepherd people into the truth of the Bible. And, and that's what we want to do as pastors. We're not here to just give you our opinions or our experiences. We want you to learn how to test and trust this for yourself so that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus and, and following him and have an authentic faith. And sometimes your questions are a period of doubt or, or even deconstructing some things that were maybe a false version of Christianity that you inherited can lead to a really stronger faith. Um, and I think it's also good to know, like you said, there is a history to Christianity. Like there's thousands of years of sound doctrine that developed in the early church. Well, thousands of years of doubts too. Yeah. That helped develop that sound doctrine. So odds are what you're struggling with. I mean, it's I not would, the first person I would the highly question. doubt if yeah. that was the very first doubt or question or hiccup. You're not the first person to have that. So it's mm -hmm. helpful to know, oh yeah, people have thought through this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you mentioned in, in one of the, the messages, uh, just that the, the early church had identified some heresies yeah. that actually keep popping up. And so yeah. learning to identify those that were around since the beginning of the church, really, mm -hmm. um, I think helps you to then spot those and people that might be leading you astray. Um, That's super helpful too. And a lot of those, I mean, don't hear Christians 2000 years ago were against like, you know, universalism the same way they were against witches and burn them at the stake, mm -hmm. you know? So it's not like that. Mm -hmm. It's not like this old school Puritan, the Puritans weren't anything like people say they were. This outlook that's continued over and it's outdated. It's like no, they were, they were theologians and people that didn't grow up Christian, like Augustine mm -hmm. and some of the early church yeah. leaders. That like, you say that, 
But let me search the scriptures that we have. Mm-hmm. And what if this was true? What does it lead to? Well, that's not good. Like, mm-hmm. that's just patently false, what we know about God and what we know about his scriptures and stuff. And that's why we call it heresy. It wasn't like, yeah, you know, there's not a heresy for, you know, women wearing jeans. That's not a heresy. <laughs> you know, that is a cultural thing of Christianity that you yeah. shouldn't abide by. But, um, yeah, it is helpful to know, like, once you understand that, oh, yeah, that's what you're saying. It sounds new, but it's not. They actually mm-hmm. decided that 2,000 years ago. Yeah, so that's something we don't have to go through all those right now, but you can actually study that. I mean, like you yeah. take a history of Christianity or you get any kind of historical textbook about the early church, you can learn to like really detect those kind of heretical or false teachings. But the New Testament really encourages us to just focus on the truth of Scripture mm-hmm. and to ground ourselves in this. And so one of the things that I think is really helpful is just to spend time reading this book for yourself yeah. and then talking about about it in community with other people that believe it. Um, because then you're going to be able to wrestle through your doubts and your questions in a safe place. I think there there's a, I can't remember which letter you might know, but mm-hmm. Paul is talking about the the warning to gather teachers around you that, will tell you what your itching ears want. Yeah, it's in first or second Timothy. Like yeah. in the last days there will come times where people just want to surround themselves with mm-hmm. teachers that scratch the itch in their ears. Yeah. Just yeah. to kind of be able to live however we want rather than have authority mm-hmm. that's greater than us. And and God's authority is the only good authority that we yeah. can really trust. We make bad authorities of Yeah. But we deceive ourselves a lot. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you have any encouragement or advice on on just that side of it. When uh, if there's someone out there who's who's watching and thinking about, well, how do I? Where are some good sources I can go to for for building a stronger foundation? And yeah. in my theology, like good theology helps people, bad theology hurts people. And so it does. Yeah. What What are some good sources besides googling it? Because yeah, I feel like there, if you Google. <laughs> Stuff about God, you know, yeah. you are going to get a lot of different perspectives. Yeah. I would, um, I would just encourage you to read through this. It's weird, I know, but the more you read through it, like you read through Leviticus once, and you actually understand the book. It's not bad. Like people, and we make jokes about it and stuff, but you read through like Lamentations once, and you're like, okay, that was weird. But once you get it once, you'll kind of walk through it like it's beautiful, and there's, it like gives words to the pain that we're feeling. So once you read through a whole book once. You know, like chapter two is a bunch of names. I don't have to read that again. So I would just encourage you to read this and familiarize yourself with it. You know, it's the old thing where when people are tasked with figuring out counterfeit dollars, you know, they don't look at counterfeits at all. They actually just study the real thing. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they pick up, well, it feels different. It's a different color. It looks different. That's out of place. You just know it. You get a knack for it. Probably the best book on this whole area of deconstruction is called Another Gospel Question Mark by Alyssa Childers. Mm-hmm. Um, who also has a podcast um, and a YouTube channel. I would just go to on a YouTube channel, and she has some really great people um, that you can, oh, she, that was a guest. Well, let me track them down. And sometimes she has guests with different competing views. Mm-hmm. But that whole tribe of people um, are really, really good. I mean, they're not, depending on, they're in, it's not like a political podcast. It's mm-hmm. basically just like, a biblical podcast and helping people discern truth from error. It's very healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good advice. So uh, as we're working through this series as a church, um, any final thoughts you want to share with young adults just to give them some encouragement around just this area? They might have friends that are going yeah. through deconstruction. I don't know. Yeah, I think the best thing 
I mean, if you have a friend that's going through with it, going through it, um, but for the grace of God, you could be there as well. Like it might just be because you had, you were lucky, and by God's grace, you had a mentor, or um, you had great parents mm-hmm. that helped raise you in the faith, or um, you have a solid church that teaches solid teaching, where this person might not, you know, and they might have a lot of this deconstructing could be because there's so many reasons. It could be because an ex that really hurt them proclaimed to be a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. And it's got really nothing to do with what they're working through. It's a way to keep themselves safe from that person and that type of person. Or it could be, you know, they had a really bad run-in with a pastor that had great theology, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they, they look at that sort of theology as against them. So um, I would just empathize, 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 stick with them, and be willing to have mm-hmm. really long conversations and be willing to say, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I can I can research this as well. And then if you're going through this as well, um, everyone goes through it. Every thinking mm-hmm. person that wants to take it seriously does. So don't beat yourself up over it. And don't be afraid to be like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning this. I'm doubting this. Can you guys pray for me? You mm-hmm. know, can you help me out with this? Yeah. Um, and reach out. So... Yeah, I, you know, Jesus hates the unexamined life. So even if you're walking through doubts, you're still examining yourself, which is healthy and good. Yeah. And this can this can withstand it, you know? Yeah. This has been doubted and punched at and ripped apart and tried to be torn down, I think, more than any other religion ever or mm-hmm. any holy book. And 2,000 years is still standing strong, you know? Mm-hmm. And more people believe in it than ever. So it can, it can take it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. I know sometimes as Christians, sometimes we can be uncomfortable with other people's doubts because we want to have a sense of certainty maybe that we don't have. We don't know how to answer their questions. And yeah. I, I was talking to a young adult recently that was saying, you know, we need to have all the answers to be able to just combat anything that are, that uh, op- opponents uh, question yeah. about our faith. And I was like, I think it's okay to actually say, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the more humble approach can sometimes be better. And, hey, why don't we explore that together? Yeah. Like you said, being willing to have the long conversations and and be empathetic to ask more questions about, tell me more about what's behind that. Because yeah. often what it is, is is some hurt. And so that's the, the good news of this book that we get to explore is that God isn't afraid of those questions. He sees our hurt. He sees mm-hmm. our pain. And just like... Thomas, where you kind of started this whole series, like he invited Thomas to come in close and, yeah. and put his hands like in his, in the wounds in his side and mm-hmm. his hands. And, um, we can't do that now with the physical Jesus, but we can with the Bible and we can in community where we open up our lives together. And if you found anybody who's walked with Jesus for a long time, you're going to find that they have some wounds. They've gone through some questions, some doubts in their life. And if they've come out the other side, it's because they've trusted and Jesus is becoming real to them. And they, mm-hmm. they're there to help you in your journey with that. Uh, so I think it's actually better when we don't have to oh, just yeah. try to convince somebody. Let the Holy Spirit work on them in, in, their, in yeah. their time. I mean, there's two types of people, I think. There's some that have legitimate intellectual problems with it. And they mm-hmm. read all that stuff. Yeah. But then there's some people that are really just lonely and looking for a place to belong, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's some there's some communities, you know, on Reddit and online and on Facebook of some people that just believe the weirdest thing, you know, like all the conspiracy theories. I mean, there's whole conventions yeah. on. It's just like I don't, I'm pretty sure this, everyone knows that's not true, you know. But there's there's almost a communal aspect of that, you mm-hmm. know. And I think that's happening with the deconversion. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sense of belonging. In there that. is a sense of belonging, and there's a sense that where it's painted as this brave path, and there's freedom at the end of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people I've talked to, it's really not that way at all. Mm-hmm. So one of the best things that you can do if someone's going through it is to be that community that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean like, I mean, don't like, we'll accept you, you know, just so you'll believe what we believe. Like, if they have real questions, answer them. But mm-hmm. a lot of what people are looking for is acceptance because they were created for that. Yeah. To, to feel that acceptance from their Heavenly Father and from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that can go a whole a whole long way. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And so I appreciate you being able to share about this topic. Um, I think it's been really healthy for our church to, to dig into it and yeah. face it. I mean, I was... I was struck in the first message that you shared that for every person that's coming to faith in Christ, that four are deconverting and in America, in in America, yeah, yeah, in in our Western, <laughs> highly yeah. intellectual, just yeah, it's, it's self-centered that, world. It's dropping off a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's coming down now, but yeah, it's just in the West. That's crazy. Yeah, and I think a part of that is we need to get better as a church and how do we help walk alongside yeah. people mm-hmm. in their doubts, in their questions and show them the love of Christ and to be confident that we do have a foundation that we can stand on. And their questions can even lead us to like really looking at his word for ourselves. Yeah. And so that's my encouragement to you is in your questions, you have a safe place here to be able to work through those in a community that loves you and cares about you and, and wants to help you really develop a stronger foundation in this in God's word. And just as you have friends and family that are working through their process to really love them where they are um, and be praying for them, pray for the Holy Spirit to be moving in their life. And because you, you hear stories of people coming back to faith uh, and those are just incredible stories. And maybe God wants to use you to be a part of that in somebody else's life. And if someone does walk away, just continue to be their friend and never give up on them. And so Chase, thanks for coming and sharing some yeah. some of your perspective on this topic. And really want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to those messages at Hope, um, make sure to get there this weekend. Uh, check them out online if you missed one, because I think it's going to be helpful for you and, and people in your life that might be going through this. So thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time. Take care, guys.